Change is the only constant. Welcome to episode six of the Uncharted Territory podcast. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at the role of crypto. And in our last episode, we explored some of the barriers to cryptocurrency and not the kind of barriers that you might expect. Some of the technological barriers and the jargon barriers and the knowledge barriers, but rather what other people's opinions may have, the result of other people's opinions on your own discernment or perception of crypto. And uh, we had a rather philosophical conversation around how to navigate that and how to come to your own conclusions. But it's brought us to a really interesting junction because this show isn't about cryptocurrency explicitly. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's part of the conversation as part of the overall uh, changing financial landscape. But neither Sam or I are uh, crypto purists, if you will. Um, <laughs> we're certainly interested. Um, but for example, in next week's uh, Navigating the Financial Reset Workshop, we're looking at multiple asset classes, um, everything from equities to property, cash and, and beyond, gold, um, uh, etc. Um, so today we want to explore something different. We're going to look at how the world is changing and how sometimes our fears around change and the uncertainties around change can actually hold us back. But we're also going to look through uh, some historical moments in time at around how some of those periods of change have contributed to where we are today and where it could lead us. So I'm excited for an open uh, conversation again, Sam, uh, and uh, exploring this uncharted territory of the unknown future that we're navigating together. Yeah, likewise, Dan. And, and you're absolutely right. We come back to the so many of the barriers to all these topics, be it crypto or the, or the bigger macro financial picture or geopolitical picture. So many of the barriers are psychological ones, mm -hmm. you know, um, Sometimes you're absolutely right with some of the more technological things that can be an extra barrier to some people, but often, you know, they don't even get there because the psychological barrier of even looking or being curious and all, and maybe feeling, you know, that it's beyond them or it's beyond their capacity to understand. And it, and I think that's, that's really important to get over and, and be, feel supported that you can go there and you can, can look at it and also come back to our core thing of how empowering it is to have more knowledge and more awareness. And, and it gives you a much more holistic view of things. And, you know, absolutely with you, Dan, that, you know, when I do events, sometimes people assume, you know, I'm giving a talk this weekend, you know, around crypto, but people can assume he's the crypto guy. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Sam. I'm just coming to talk about everything and anything and, and look at perspectives and share those things and, and look at the shifts that are happening. And, and getting holistic conversations going around to anything is what adds so much value and, and can get you past those psychological barriers that, that stop you, yeah, stop you even looking at a topic or feeling you can understand it. You know, and, and often that's, because we've not had good teachers in our lives or, or, or access to good information, but it is there. And, it, and it's important to think if, if you really want to understand that, you can find it because education is so important to all of us getting more empowered about what's going on in the world at every level. Absolutely. Well, at the same time, I do understand people's fears and mm. we've had some beautiful comments some really wonderful feedback from our, um, our podcast conversations so far. Uh, and indeed the, the courses and programs that we've run but we get the occasional <laughs> comment that kind of isn't so favorable. And, you know, one of those criticisms came from our focus on crypto. In fact, I think we were accused of shilling crypto, which <laughs> is a, a, a common kind of critique for anyone in this movement who's talking about crypto. And I think, you know, you've countered that objection really by stating that, you know, we're, we're looking at this holistically. Mm. But, but again, if that's the perception that someone's starting with, yeah, it really, to me, shows that they haven't gone further into actually understanding this and underpinning it. I think there is a fear of 
of the unknown and the fear of the changes that could be coming. And of course, you know, you and I share the concerns around the increased centralization of the financial system, mm. central bank digital currencies. And we've already talked about on this show how the technologies are underpinning crypto, blockchain, etc. And the ISO 2022 <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, financial regulations that are coming in will also pave the way to that technology. Yeah. But in parallel to that, there are some really positive changes that can disrupt and decentralize the status quo. Yeah. So we talked about the, the kind of the mechanics of some of those things in previous episodes. But what I'm really keen to start off here is look at the dynamics between conserving the things that we hold dear yeah. and progressing towards something more powerful. And there's lots of things. And, and if you think about the, the pandemic chapter, you know, this, but this, this, this notion of the new normal has become normalized. Uh, and, and many of us, you know, got my pandemic podcast t-shirt on today, uh, <laughs> um, have rallied against that vision of the new normal that's been postulated by the kind of incumbent elites. But there's almost this rose-tinted view of the old normal yeah. that we had prior to 2020. And I remember waking up on the 1st of, uh, 1st of January 2020, and I had real hope. You know, it's a new decade. It's literally yeah. a new decade. It marked the change of a 10-year period. And I thought, I really hope this is the most transformative decade in my lifetime. And you know, note to self, you've got to be careful what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is be, it is transforming, Dan, but, you know, we, we, we've got the power to transform it as well. But absolutely, it's tra and that's the point. It's transformative at so many levels. Yes. And, and leaving judgment aside, it is transformative time. Where do you want to go with it? Where collectively as, as an individual with your family group, where do you want to go and, and what, what energy can you put into this transformation? Yes. And, that, and that's the point here, because... Um, if we look back to that old normal that people kind of lovingly refer to, I, I, I understand there are things that certainly we would want to continue to hold dear, you know, certainly our freedoms, our liberties, our yeah. privacy, these things are under threat and it's right that we want to preserve those things. But we also have to look at the problems that existed and predated that period of time. And actually in many ways, it's been a real blessing because it's actually awakened a lot of people to the power structures that underpin the world. Yeah. Um, Clearly, the big pharma uh, role <laughs> and the kind of medical uh, industrial complex. But we've also now seen these big landslides in the financial market. And there was almost a spike in 20, 2008, 2009. We saw the Occupy Wall Street movement, like kind of railing against the banks and the financial services industry, tackling that concentration of power. But here we are now, at a different point in time, and seeing the same root problem. So... Mm. It is time for change, but I also I also understand how you know people want to preserve the privacy and sovereignty of things like cash, mm. but it's also about looking at what what's possible beyond that in in this kind of changing world. And I really kind of want to spark a conversation around how we strike that balance between preserving the things that we hold dear and and actually being bold enough to p pursue something different yeah. because. An old quote that I remember is, you know, growth comes, growth begins outside, you know, the first step outside of our comfort zone and, and change uncertainty. It requires us to step outside of our comfort zone, but that's Absolutely. where the growth begins. And I think Absolutely. this is, this is why it is that exciting transformative time. So yeah, I just wanted to have a bit of a conversation around yeah. how we can, we can navigate those two elements. It's huge, Dan. And it kind of leads to, I'm thinking that um, the kind of Hegelian dialectic here, which is, 
they're pushing a certain, um, you know, the elites, the powers that be, you know, their kind of great reset. And then you may have camps who absolutely understand it. As we said, we're against it. But then camps going, I just want to conserve what was old. And then you're almost getting two binaries and a way quite division. And but again, I always come back to where's the third way, which is which is rather than, you know, in a sense, they built that up, which is like this is a dystopian future. You want to hold on to that. And will they, you know, often they work like that way, which is we'll deliver you something in the middle, which is what they want to deliver anyway. So they kind of play those two polarity to then deliver something, you know, the the thesis, you know, the antithesis, the antithesis, and then they can deliver the synthesis, which will be further towards where they want to go anyway. So it's dangerous always, we discussed, to get stuck in those binaries. Mm. And that limits you from looking to, you know, what I call third ways, but we talk about third ways. Third ways can be many third ways, you know, multiple ways to look at other paths and you're upside down that kind of feeling of which we can all relate to the rose tinted spectacles on on our life you know we look back on memories but we don't often we it's hard to look back then with the real feeling of was i actually happier was it better it can be a reaction to i'm scared about what's going on and, and understandably so but the idea that you know a lot of people's lives were better before you know as we know i think somebody somebody brought it up on the first um workshop we did a few people shared and, you know, I certainly shared and, and know a lot of people, you know, in person who are much happier now than they were before because of this shift, because it's kicked them into, you know, forced them into finding their path. You know, so it does that on a kind of personal level, but also as a, on a collective level, it forces us to look at solutions down. And that's exactly, exactly what you said. Rather than just rail against their plans, which, you know, we absolutely need to look at and be very concerned about and need to resist at some level but also to kick into looking at better solutions to where we the problems we had before all this. And I think, you know, it, I think more people come to that realisation, understanding people who are new to this topic or new to the deception in 2020, that's huge. But when you understand how long this has gone on, you understand this is not something that's suddenly gone wrong. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a long, huge build up to it. So that's why it's such a rich time to be looking at Yes, we know where they want to go, but where can we look to shift things? You know, where can we get creative? And and that's wh that's where the richness lies. And and we know that so much of the control structures, particularly in the you know in the West and and you know what in inverted commas developed countries, is social engineering, and that is creating prisons for your mind. And because as we know, that's what's so powerful because those are the big barriers to looking at other things or not knowing you know where to go. So you know, always compare it to kind of the old models, which the power structure understand they can't sustain because overt dictatorship leads to rebellion and overthrow, which is why they shifted into much more about social engineering. The two, for me, the two biggest control factors are social engineering, particularly in the West and the financial system. You know, so if you look at those two factors, they always tie into this conversation exactly, Dan, is like getting out the social engineering of being given thoughts and having views or, or having blocks to looking at stuff and also being curious about financial the financial system and how we can make better systems. Those two key things are, in a nutshell, the two ways out of those two very strong power structures, which they use. Um, so that's why these conversations are vital to be having with each other, with your community, with your extended communities, because... I kind of view it when I give talks, this is a window of opportunity. You know, it's like as as old worlds are falling and old structures are falling, yes, they want to build a new one, but this is, the, this is an opening window to grasp. And if we move towards it, to think, hang on, this is a window of people having creative ideas, 
let's get together and start discussing them and look at the options. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a really interesting conversation on Twitter over the last couple of days around, you know, there's this layer upon layer of the veil being lifted around what's been happening. And the, the, the point around social engineering, you know, it's becoming increasingly transparent mm. now because you know, it's, yeah, I was, we, you and I were talking about in our preparation for next week's um, workshop about, you know, how do we, how do we get people to take action? It's all, it's all very well yeah. coming on the course and doing the programs, yeah. but we want people to actually take action. Um, and there was this uh, conversation within a podcast I'd listened to, and, and they were talking about when, and it was talking about kind of sales training from like 1980s, where people would like slide the, in corporate sales, they would slide the contract across the table, right. put the pen on the, put the pen on the piece of paper for you to sign it, this like subtle, um, like sales signal. But when people became, aware that that's what the individual was doing the technique no longer worked because yeah. pe people could see through it it brought that transparency um and, and that's what's happening now you know with with what's what's been happening the last couple of years you know twitter you know with the twitter files and um in recent days you know whether it's elon's call or uh twitter's call they started labeling some of the media outlets that receive state funding as state-funded media they, oh, they, yeah. they already did that with kind of like russian news um, yeah, the, the, I don't know who set the standard on that. That was quite, yeah. that was that's there's probably a whole conversation. No, of course, always <laughs> a challenge. Where we've got standards coming. Yeah, who yeah. sat them? Yeah, who's yeah, who's, yeah. who's dictating that? Um, but but there was this re there was like this reaction then from the media company saying it was almost like the kids throwing their toys at the pram saying we're going to get off this platform. But the reality is the veil is lifted. You are state funded. Like even if it's a yeah. small percentage. Yeah. And then it opened up a whole new conversation around, well, actually, you know, and uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. put this out, how much, how many millions that particular organization had received from the Bill and the Gates yeah. Foundation. Yeah. So it's not yeah. just state funded. We've got elite funded media to, to, yeah. to, to correspond with these narratives. So now people are seeing this in plain sight. And, yeah. and again, the positive of that is it brings a new level of transparency, because if we had that transparency, we have a greater degree of discernment so we're seeing that social engineering piece which is heavily um manipulated through digital media and the widespread access that we have to technologies like this um and, and that's lifting the veil so that like the reason i gave that example of the kind of 80s corporate sales is because those techniques now that, that the companies are using and the media entities are using are now becoming visible and we can see them so yep. instantly start to recognize them which is why many of us during the pandemic we straight away saw the smoke signals the yep. warning signs because of the way that these these uh principles of influence are being used to social engineer us your behavioral yep. signs yeah but the other variable the financial system that does not have the same level of transparency. No, exactly. you know there is a there is there there is a huge wall. In fact, it's not even a veil um, that that prevents people from fully understanding the influence that the financial system in its current form yeah. has on our overall lives. And yeah, I, I think this is where the next you know, this is where brick by brick we need to to create that transparency. Yeah, it's interesting. That, I mean, it's a it's a crypto tangent, but I was just um, going through a white paper yesterday because when you look at crypto projects, you know, you get a lot of the info from the white paper and 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 what problems they're solving. Again, this is they're not currencies; these are products, you know, looking to solve you know issues from that old world and 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 issues. Here's the point about you know people being anti crypto. They're looking at solving issues that you're railing against. There are a lot of people in that you know quite rightly are railing against um, the problems with. Um, you know, Google and Facebook and, and their 
duopoly in certain areas. So interesting, I was looking at, you know, uh, an advertising token and it's about a decentralized ad exchange to break down that duopoly that Facebook and um, Google have on internet advertising, mm. which is extraordinary. And how, you know, again, a lot of this has been leaked out. They're actually, you know, there's so much stuff under the surface that's dodgy about how they're acting because it's not transparent and they're favoring certain things. And it's, so it's not a fair system, as we know, it's all rigged. And the decentralized aspect of blockchain is looking to come and break that down and open it up and, and, and show them, you know, show the world what he's doing. So they actually can't do that or they can do it, but it's, it's viewable and transparent. So, you know, that's part of this decentralization of breaking down these old beer moths of, of that old world. So, you know, that's what's interesting, like the idea of wanting to go back and stay where we are with, you know, I mean, I don't think it's a big leap for most people to agree. It wasn't all right. Yes. <laughs> you know, we're all railing. So it is, about, yeah, so it's more a visceral feeling of, like you said, Dan, it's a, it's a fear of change. Yeah. It, and, and, you know, that's why it's so important to embrace change as a constant. You know, um, you know, even when I look forward to my own certain plans and goals, I know that when I get there, I'm not going to be the same person I am today. Mm. So even me projecting myself in that, well, I'm going to be different. You know, um, I was reflecting last night, you know, with a friend, about a conversation I had years ago and thinking, wow, you know, I remember being sat in a bar somewhere with a good friend and discussing, you know, myself as a, my sort of atheist viewpoint, which I'd have a tool today. And it's just, an, you know, we're, we're always shifting, mm. you know, you know, I, I mean, I'm not the same person I was, you know, 20 years and then it changed again, it changed again. And when you, you know, and I think I've got, always gone these tangents down, but they come around to think important points. What I think we're lacking is grounded elders you know, wisdom keepers who who can harness that message very strongly to us. You know, I, I know in my life and I know when I've looked around even the truth movement or the kind of freedom movement what we've gone through, you know, that that lack of grounded elders just just bringing those core principles in then, you know, aware of the agendas, but also bring those core principles of change is constant. How do we navigate through that? You know, that's what I'm trying to harness in myself. And, you know, I know in our discussions, that's what we like to talk about. But yeah, the absolute holding on to those old things and and also bringing all the aspects to that. If you want to hold on to those things, what does that mean for your life? And and really look at it. So as, as we've always said, I'm not pro or anti anyone's approach. I'm, I'm support their path. But if, and cash is a great example. If you want to say, I want to stay 100% in cash and, and that's where I want to be. Well, you have to accept then that you can never trade internationally. Because, you know, that's the, unless you get a flight and you fly with your cash and you pay somebody and, and, and that's fine. So, you, but it's, 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 it's owning what, whatever your decisions are, it's owning the consequences of them and how that ties into how that would be. And, and that's what I'm saying. I'm not judging any, I think that's really rich, but you have to, it's kind of like the people want to have their cake and eat it, you know, and, and it's like, you know, there's consequences to each path you take and you need to look at them. And that's why the discussions around them the holistic discussions, whatever, you know, way they are or path or certain um, mode of transaction, they need to have that, you know, just for yourselves, you need to have that bigger conversation with yourself and go, well, you know, really feel into it. What does that mean? How do I want to go? And these are the conversations we're, we're finding are lacking because they take time and they take thought. But in terms of, and also that, that feeling that the system wants you to feel rushed so you don't actually have those conversations because they're they're fundamental to to solid foundations aren't they then? yes yes yeah. because if we take decisions you know if we jump out of a frying pan into another fire out of fear or out of feeling we haven't got time 
then yeah, we haven't got ground information of why we're doing it, what our goal is, what the ramifications are. And, um, you know, I think that's really important to, to find the time. Yes, there's an urgency on some things in life and, and get moving, but it's this balance in it. Get proactive and get moving, but not rushing. So it's always bringing those things into balance. It's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's moving forward and not rushing at the same time. Yeah, and it's, it's being able to look at the pros and cons of everything. Yeah. You know, the, the advantages, the benefits, but also the drawbacks and the costs and the consequences yeah. because everything is always a trade-off. You know, yeah. how we spend our time on a daily basis is a trade-off. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, you talk about investment, people think about money, uh, but actually every day we're investing our attention, we're investing our time. And, you know, how we, the, the choices and decisions that we make yeah. determine the quality of our life and totally what would a multi-billionaire do on his deathbed he would happily give his money away for the time that you know we as younger people have you know so it's it's it, again it's it's the why what is and it brings out the question what is money it's about value and why are you getting it perhaps to create more time or create more options so yeah you need to look at the fundamentals and, and the, the whys to a lot of this stuff Yes. And, you know, that, that point around the kind of pros and cons, like you say, that there is there is there's a big conversation that we could have about cash, you know, uh, the advantages and the disadvantages. Yeah. And the same with any asset class. Yeah. Um, but it's it's the as you said, it's the lack of the time and discernment that we have to be able to, to look at everything in that open view so that we can make sense of it all. And, actually, yeah. uh, and be able to then make better choices, because you talk about social engineering, you know, a lot of our patterns in life are our subconscious mind acting for us it's, you know that's why yeah when you being the driver yeah being, being the, the driver, driver. you yeah. know if, if you drive to work you're not thinking about each yeah. turn you take your brain is doing the work for you on a subconscious level but that's true for so many areas of our life but we have to recognize that our subconscious mind is constantly being primed by that social engineering totally done. and more so than any other time than history because we've got these things yeah. in our hands yeah, uh, all the time. And, you know, we're being subjected to a barrage of information, whether we realize it or not, you know, yeah. and, and you mentioned advertising, you know, you can look at the people say they're not influenced by advertising. But again, there's, <laughs> there's tons of studies that show that, that these subtle points in, in, in your journey in life, your day to day exposure to advertising, how it leads to future decisions that you may or may, or may not realize you've made it, unconsciously. It, it totally it brings you need to bring so much awareness and presence to your life to to not be um pulled around corralled by that it's the old question people say oh i'm reading that innocently oh it doesn't affect me you know i i know it's trashy i know it's rubbish and i, I do think you can read it from a detached place but you that takes effort and it, it takes does. presence um and I, I view this whole journey down it's really interesting of you know a lot the sort of longer term and generate you know agendas have been about disconnecting people emptying them of their own core values and then being able to fill them up with agendas and psyops and engineering. And part of the journey, I think, is for people emptying back out, emptying the cup of the lies. You know, I always, I always view like the truth movement, actually, if you look at it more in a, I think the healthy way to look at it, it's about clearing out the lies. Mm. You know, what the truth is, a lot of that's not necessarily even possible to shrink down and get hold of. It's a journey, to, but it's actually clearing out the lies and then filling yourself back up with your own self. Yes. You know, because if you don't build, you know, your own view, say like the crypto, if you don't build your own view on it from your own research and your own experience, somebody will put happily put put an idea in there or on either side. Or, and again, not, not always nefariously, even innocently. Yes. But if we don't have our own 
you know, things finish, then we are a kind of empty vessel and that's how we become pulled around. And so this empowerment for me is about filling ourselves up with our own, you know, energy and our own, um, yeah, coming, and again, that's coming back to ourselves, you know, and, it, and we've been pumped with so much nonsense is the undoing, but, you know, and I think that's the challenging thing. If you, if you, you undo it, there's, if you don't harness and get good in for yourself and have these conversations, you are, you can be at the whim of other people filling you with equally as, you know, nonsense from another angle, you know, so it's, it's a fascinating journey, but yeah, filling ourselves back up so that we've, you know, we've actually got our own opinions based on our own research and discussions and experiences. And that's what's so valuable. And that's, that's when you see somebody who's authentic and you want to, and empowered is like, yeah, they, they're embodying themselves, you know, and they're not parroting something somebody else has said, you know? Yeah. Which is, you know, it's, you, you can see that um, left, right and center, you know, during the, the peak of the pandemic, you know, it's, it's, it's almost people just repeating what they'd heard on the news, you know, yeah. it's just, but but we all do it in a in a certain way, you know. It's 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 said without judgment. It does yeah, take it really totally. does does take effort to get to that point of presence and conscious awareness. You know, it's yeah. and I, you know I practice I practice the art every single day, but I, yeah. I fall straight back into my own programming. Yeah, you know, so frequently that and the and the ego side of it, Dan, of of you know, um, you know, not not wanting to say I don't know to lots of questions. You know, because that's often the wisest answer, you know, when w w I, I think my, you know, my health journey was such a pivotal one on my waking up to so many things. And, you know, the wisest practitioner I found as I moved away from the mainstream were the ones who were absolutely sat with me and said, I don't know. And let's have a look. The worrying ones, the ones who go, I know, you know, and, and that goes for almost any any area, doesn't it? If somebody if somebody wants to be very sure about what the market's going to do and they're telling you, they know, then that's the biggest red flag going. You know, the, the open person is, is going to say, we can look at the possibilities, we're open, and I want to explore. So, so yeah, the, the, that certainty, because change is the constant, certainty is a red flag in anybody, you yes. know, yeah. because, well, you know, the, things are going to shift, you know. Well, that's, an, you know, again, we've touched on these dynamics in other conversations, but in times of uncertainty, people look for certainty. They want to yeah. refine it again. And if they can't yeah. find it inside themselves, they look outside themselves to, yeah. uh, to others. Yeah, you know, it's it's. I remember very early in my corporate trade, we 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 did crisis management in in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we we, were, we weren't quite doing like simulation exercises like uh, event two or one, but we we were doing crisis management workshops where we would prepare for any given scenario, and it was fascinating to see how people prepared, even in a, in a in a false environment that was you know created to to simulate the 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 effects of being in a crisis how some people who were strong leaders day by day but they crumbled under that pressure yeah. uh, and and they started looking to others to take the lead yeah you know and it's we, we now live in a time where everything is a crisis you know perma crisis was literally the call. yeah we said it colin's <laughs> word of the year and, and it's just this everything everything's a crisis everything requires urgent attention and therefore you know it, it creates the conditions where we are like headless chickens yeah. and and if we can't come back to ourselves and find that inner, inner ability to lead and, and it really brings us full circle to this idea that change is the only constant so if we know that th things are changing which they will a history yeah. you know when it when it, when in history has anything been in complete stasis yeah. you know e even things that appear to be still if you look through a microscope you can see they're vibrating yeah yeah um it, it, so it's recognizing we're already always in motion 
and things is things are always in flux and things are always in change. How then do we start to direct the wind of the sails in order to create a better future than we're experiencing right now? And we've talked about the yeah. you know the veil falling on the social engineering, the, the you know getting rid of the like purging ourselves of the lies and deception which is actually a very good opportunity to look at that within ourselves. Yeah. Not saying that any one of us is a, is a liar, but actually there are stories we tell ourselves about ourselves yeah. every single day. I'm not good enough. You know, uh, yeah. how could I ever do that? I could never get, you know, I could never attract that type of person. I could never start, yeah. you know, all these stories are like social engineering ourselves. We yeah. are engineering. Auto, yeah, or, auto yeah. social engineering. Yeah. yeah. So it's a good time to clear the BS in our minds, you know, our belief yeah. systems, you know, actually, yeah. One of the most powerful things I ever did in the early 2000s was go through some personal development work, which actually helped me to identify those sub, you know, the yes. subconscious programming that I'd been exposed to for the last 20 years prior and, and, and look at it and say, where did these ideas even come from? The, the, yeah. the principles and beliefs I'm living my life by, did I consciously choose those? Yeah. So, yes, we've got to look at the deception outside ourselves. And deception is a strong word, but it's yeah. it's actually our governing belief systems and what's difficult in a time like this, Sam, and it's really important, this to me has become an increasingly important subject, is that for those who are just seeing the external deception for the first time, and, and you know, people who've had strong faith in governments doing the right thing for, for you know, all the belief that governments act in the public interest all the time, the moment they see that that's not the case, it, it shatters the foundation of, of, of their worldview and they start to think that every, you know, start you literally end up questioning everything, which is yeah. the, the tagline of the Panda podcast again. Um, but 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 we must do that with a healthy level of discernment because yeah. if we suddenly pull like the carpet out on everything, we can lose our footing on solid ground. So it's yeah. there, there, there. This is a time for us to really deepen our sense of uh, inner kind of solidarity and risk. You know, hold on to what is true to, to us and. Uh, or what we value rather, because again, yeah. that, that idea of subjective truth is very tricky. Like my truth versus your yeah. truth, you know, what's the real truth. Um, but hold, holding on strongly to healthy views of the world, because it's very easy to enter into a dark, bleak view of how the whole world, which if you think about it, is actually what's driving everything. Now it's that fear, uncertainty, but that bleak view that the planet's going to burn and the, you know, the, the, the world is going to end and you know this 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 really crisis mentality but we've got to catch that within ourselves when we start to see okay we've caught the deception the emperor has no clothes okay but look back I, back within ourselves to say actually what what you know how how will i show up in these times you know how yeah. how how will i step forward and how will i start to influence things and that will require us to get out of our comfort zone that yes. real require us to make our own changes. Yeah, because at a certain level, it's stepping into the void down, which is which is when you empty your cup, you know, almost start, you almost you've got so much filled in. If you just empty it out and say, "I'm going to start again," and start again with money, and start afresh, you know, start with all my ideas and and build them up. Part of that is is the fear of stepping into the void, because one, I think, you know, the powers that be understand the one thing that they why they're so good at social engineering. They do understand people hmm. and human psychology brilliantly. You know, that's why they've been able to do what they do is, you know, they know people better than people know themselves, a lot of people. Um, so, you know, empty your cup and, and, but also not trying to feel I've got to understand everything. 
because I think, you know, I used to have a mind like that, Dan. I thought I want to wrap it all. You know, I've got a very, you know, I want to really get. And there's a real shift for me where I began to revel in the mystery. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I think in a way, you know, the, the, the rabbit holes are bottomless and potentially, and this gets a real sort of ethereal spiritual idea, but are bottomless by design because you can always keep going. And it's almost, for me, it was challenged me. When do you want to say, okay, I've seen enough and, and come back to yourself, take action because the addiction is almost like that's bottomless forever. And it can keep going. It will keep delivering more and more. And it felt like me almost like a spiritual challenge of like, okay, that was really important for me to understand it's it's all illusion and, and deception, whatever. But how long am I going to just keep going down that before I say, come back to myself and say, I've got a revel in the mystery. I can't wrap it all up, but what action am I going to take? Mm. You know? Um, so it's all these things can be very powerful. You know, it's, it's always, it's always showing that line of curiosity, awareness, and not slipping into addiction, you know, or addiction of that kind of info or, or being spiked. And also, yeah, like the line again, skepticism, healthy skepticism, inquiry, curiosity, not slipping into fear and paranoia, you know? And, and so it's always, it's always this dance, isn't it? And, yes. and almost like the universal theme is, is bringing these, these pendulums that swing into balance. Absolutely. That, you know, like, like the kind of, this is really important. I've got to do it and I've got to, I need to get hold of everything. Life is, you know, this is visceral, whatever. And, I'm letting go into the process as well, but I'm not doing them at two different times. I go swinging from I'm really into this and Oh fuck it. I'm just, you know, that's, that's the kind of pattern that, you know, I know I used to live in most of us can relate to, to try and bring them into both, which is, you know, I don't mean, you know, it's like, this is really important and fuck it at the same time, you know, let <laughs> yes, go, yes. you know, it's, but it's both. Yes, and yes, it's exactly. not the either or, you know, yes. and, and that's, that's the kind of magic, which is you can be really present fully into it. And you've, and you're you're settling into reveling that you don't know that you can't know everything and reveling the mystery you know hmm. yeah I, i've had a similar revelatory moment and it is so powerful when you have that i remember as well looking at you know as, as this kind of more and more science discovering kind of quantum level you know the, the minutiae yeah i started to think how small can you go and how and then thinking on the opposite side of the expansive nature of the universe, how, you know, how huge and yet small things can be simultaneously. And I think at what point does it intersect and come back to this, you know, do, do you go to the infinite layer and find yourself at the at, you know, infinite expanse? And it, it feels like we're, 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 we're all, when we're present, we have that ability to have the infinite expansion, but we can also have the infinite contraction. And it's, it's, it's coming back to what do we need right now? Because yeah. I'm the same, you know, my thirst for knowledge, my curiosity takes me on a place of wanting to understand everything. Yeah. And in, in my twenties, that in particular, that led me to huge paralysis by analysis because yeah. I, I felt like I needed to know everything before I got started. And it's, you know, we've used the kind of navigation analogies in, in everything we've done really, but it's like trying to plot your way to the top of the mountain before you've even taken a step. Now you might want to do that. You know, you might try yeah take take a, a loose view but you have to be able to adapt because there could be adverse weather or you know uh if you're everest there could be you know an avalanche you know yeah. you need to be where if you're going with other people they might have an injury or other needs so you, you have to be willing to adapt but yeah. the first thing you need to do is what what's the first step and the, 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 what what knowledge is required in order to get get us to, to, to do that and i think 
you know, that's been a lot of the conversation we've been having within the crypto space to help people go from zero to one, like yeah. zero to one, firstly, understanding that there is a different path that you can take. And then, you know, how do you take your first set of actions? But but you can only do that when you bring yourself into a perspective of, okay, changes, changes are coming. Yeah. What, what role do I want to play yeah. in the change? Which is which we, we, which we we've discussed before. It's so important to realize that you know the powers that be understand that change is constant. Mm. That's why they're in motion. And and this is you know hopefully this is a positive message because it's not that they run all the change. I think people can fall into they run the you know it's just that if they understand the cycles, then absolutely they're going to tweak their social engineering and try and grab hold. So you could argue as they understand that people are there's a flowering of of maybe whatever word you want to use conscious awareness. That's why they've got to go the other way, mm. you know, so they're reacting to that, you know, and I, I think the 60s is a great example because, you know, so much of the real intense social engineering for where we are today began in that period. And, you know, I'd argue there was a genuine, you know, flourishing of, of different ideas, whatever, but they're very clever at corralling that. Mm. So there was a huge, you know, post-Vietnam War, huge, you know, energetics of, you know, anti-state, the power structure, these wars, what's going on. You know, that's a real genuine grassroots uprising. And again, that could be linked to just obviously linked to the actual events, but also linked to shifts in the astrology, all those kind of facts. Everything plays into in a role. But rather, they understood that. So what they did very cleverly was corralled that movement into a place that meant they could stay in charge, which is absolutely, which is why, I mean, it's a big shift in my own journey down where I understood. I said I had a point where. I realized that half my bookshelf was written by CIA, CIA <laughs> agents, you know, and it was a shocking moment, but it was the important step of letting go of, you know, so much these, this understanding of social engineering because the Tavistock Institute was huge at that time, you know, bringing in the kind of ideas of, of really that visceral uprising, you know, particularly a lot of young people, a lot of real overthrow state energy, moved that into festivals, moved that into the counterculture. So they felt like this is our movement, but actually very clever, you know, a lot of that hippie culture was social engineered. Yes. Yeah. And it's about standing down from your power, you know. And, and so that's just always saying that they understand these shifts in these countries. It's like, but if you're not careful or you're not vigilant and you're not filling yourself up with your own ideas and very clear, there will be social engineering trying to corral and massage that, you know, massage that into an area that doesn't threaten the status quo. Yeah. So, you know, as you know, understand that the power shots are always trying to hang on so how can they try and corral movements so they can hang on? So, you know, it's it's the shifts are there. They're trying to stay in control. Yes. But if we understand the shifts are going, we can move towards them and harness them, you know, in a sovereign way and really have discussions of what is going on, where do we want to go, what does need to change, then then we can do amazing stuff. No yeah. question. Yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting parallel because I, you know, I, I see what you say and, uh, and, and agree with you. Um, but I also, you know, I've studied that period of time extensively and, there was a real, there was a real energy uh, yeah. uh, frustration, it, and, and there are so many comparables with where we are now. There, there really are in terms of the frustrations of the power structures. There's wars going on, you know. There's, there's, there's whole things around equality and rights and all that kind of stuff. We've got, you know, a, a war on our freedoms, which, mm. you know, however you, however whatever label you put on any kind of people orientated piece uh, uh, change, it's, it's, it comes down to freedoms and rights, often. But what what was lacking at the time, amongst all of that energy, was actually tangible routes forward. You know, yeah. I'm not saying there weren't any, of course, and, no. and and part of what you've just shared around the kind of social engineering probably diminished any 
it's tangible. And yeah, I, I already see the warning signs now, you know, in, in, yeah. this, in the conversations we've been having around crypto decentralization within decentralized finance, there is absolutely the seed of pulling down the walls of the mm. incumbent financial system. But we also at the same breath are talking about the regulatory environment, the, you know, the power players that are going to come in and, and, and change the, the face of that movement because it's to preserve their current power. Uh, mm. But but what's 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 what we can learn from that time, and it's important that we learn from history, is that we do have to start thinking about what is the forward path. Because right now, I, I think this is one of I think you know, I've always dreamed of having the opportunity to be part of a counterculture movement that really shifts shifts the future. And and I feel like we're in that time. You know, I didn't know it as I said when mm. I came to 2020 that this would be that transformative period. But I believe this, this period is, it will be as, if not more transformative than that period of the 60s. And we have now the awareness of, of but, but we still got to stand guard at the door of our mind because the propaganda and behavioral science is so rich now, coupled with big data, you know, like yeah, you've not just got like principles of influence, you've got data that back, you know, you've got ways of manipulating the way people see the world in a very visceral way. So we've got to be really aware and hyper aware of, of how we're operating, but we also have to have a plan. We, yeah. we, we also have to be ready. We all, you know, it's, 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 and we've talked about puritanism, puritanism in, in our previous conversations. And even your example earlier of advertising, I can already hear some people saying yeah, advertising is part of the problem. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you might be right, but at least we're moving forward. Like it's yeah. make, making incremental change because yeah. You know, there is revolutionary change that's possible, but history also shows us that incremental change is usually the thing that lasts long, you know, yeah. lasts, that lasts over a period of time. You know, there are times for radical thinking, of course, uh, and, and, and major shifts, but, but there, there is also room for incremental positive change because it's, it's a pathway towards something better. Um, and I think that's an important thing to consider as well. So, you know, given that change is the only constant now is the time to get creative and it's it is it is to look look at possible routes forward because the problems have revealed themselves so so palpably hmm. you know you can't unsee what you see once you've seen it you know that and it's it's just where we go from here is the big the big question um and 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 to not get intimidated by the size of the problem because i yeah. I, I feel that on a daily but because yeah the deeper you go you realize actually this is this is this is uh <laughs> this is substantial, but it always comes back to, you know, the simplest things I can do myself is is to is to exist and live in a way that is contrary to the things that I stand against, and to make sure that those things I rally against aren't showing up in me. Because yeah. the fact that yeah. I can see them yeah. means that I know them, and yeah. you know whether it's you know desire to control and I'm not talking about control others but you know in in, the, in my business I've definitely had times where it's like I want things to be a certain way and it's like all right that's a pattern that you need to work on yeah and and and, the, and shifting out of that kind of deeply ingrained whether it's at a subtle level or very obvious level that victim position they've you know a lot of people we feel in it's kind of victims of that system as you as you talked about last night that that triumvirate you know you have to have you know you, you uh, um what's the word you know there's there's an interplay there you know you can't have a victim you can't you know they can't the aggress can't be there without a victim so it's shifting that dynamic and and you're absolutely right Dan is like I suppose the scale of it is why I have a sort of longer term thesis of you know just personally where I've come to which is moving towards that path you know 
um, because the idea of getting anywhere very quickly was, you know, change the constant anyway. So on both sides, if you got to what you thought was utopia very quickly, well, that would shift. And when you look at cycles, people would argue, well, we've that's been in utopias and that's what leads to the fall into the other way. You know, it's like, you know, good, you know, good times create weak men, weak men, you know, create bad times, bad, you know, and, and we go through those cycles. So, you know, understanding that things are shifting and, and we're playing our role in that and that we've got to make that change. We've got to, it, the more we embody those values and that's, that's powerful, you know? And, and, and so I don't, I suppose I relax into it and I'm not end gaming it mm. because end gaming it is, is that was well, end gaming. What? I don't understand how the whole world, you know, and I'm just me in my environment, you know, and I think it ties back to always getting out these binary ideas. And I think we touched on it about China last week or maybe on the, the podcast before that I always love to get opinions from on the ground in different places, because even in the alternative media, you, you begin to come in an echo chamber and get a snippet and almost go, well, that's, that's China, that's Australia, that's what's happening. But I'm not there. And I love, you know, that's why I like speaking to people in Russia. You know, I'm on some crypto groups where there's some Russian people in there. I speak to them what's literally happening on the ground. And it's so nuanced and it's so interesting. And it's, it's, it's getting out that oversimplification, yeah. you know, and that's part of the short term as I understand it. We're busy and it was like, yeah, that's what's happening there. It's always so much going on. And, and, you know, that's why I don't have the idea of total dystopia coming. Yeah, there might be pockets of it, whatever, you know, maybe that's how it will be pockets and different ones, but it, but everything's constantly shifting and always has been and always will be. So therefore, even from a positive side, there isn't an end game. Then yes. there isn't an end game to dystopia, and there isn't an end game to utopia either. It's 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 a it's a process. Um, so that kind of gets me out of this kind of got to get somewhere. We're just we're on our way, and like you said, that that perfectionism is is really problematic in in, in taking steps because yeah, absolutely go. You can find a problem in anything, and like you said, advertising. Well, don't want advertising. Well, I don't want the internet. I don't want anything. And, and again, I was not against that theory, but it's it comes back to like the cash idea. If you only want to have cash totally, then you cannot order anything from somebody you really respect or love their products in Australia. You've got some herbs you want to, and maybe that's fine, but you have to understand you need to then go back to completely local society completely. And that's that standard, but really own what those decisions mean and, and if that's viable for you and, and look at the realities. So again, it's like, I've never... I don't think I'm pessimistic. I just think I'm realistic to <laughs> where we are and what we can do. And and but I feel I feel very positive in that. Yes, you know yeah. because I, I suppose I, I brought it back to I brought it back to literal local environment, which is right here, right now. Which is whatever happens, Dan. However things play out, I've got to wake up tomorrow where I'm at and go from there. Yeah. Well, you know, as you were speaking, I felt this warmth around the idea of more localized economy, and and and, and I think there is this path of decentralization that requires us to operate more locally again, but it has to be met again. There's this, there is, I, I already know within the communities that are looking at localization and decentralization, there isn't a utopian view about what can manifest. Uh, but within, within that utopia, there is also very practical things that can actually create, create an impact, but there is also things that are very challenging. So I even, there's a lot of conversation around food supply, for instance, yeah. because there's there's almost certainly going to be food supply disruptions. Uh, there's a the food security that we probably once held dear, you know, is 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 not as strong as it used to be for various reasons, which we can possibly go into in another conversation. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's an hour in itself. 
But I started to map out the mathematics of what it would take to just just to give every household, when I was living in Bristol, this was, every household one carrot a day. Now, we're going to need a richer diet than one carrot a day. But to even produce one carrot a day locally to feed over 500,000 people would take an insane amount of land. And that's, that's, that's before you even go into, a, a, you, know, a, you know, breaking through, through monocultures. So, and there will people that you, you, and if there are people out there listening, say, well, actually, we can do this and this and this now. Great. I want to hear about it because yeah, that, that's, yeah. that's, that's where we do get creative. Yeah. But we also have to look at the practicalities of it. Um, and the fact is that even though we might have a desire to live in a more localized environment, and I share that, I, I really do. But at the same time, we live in an increasingly globalized world. So to me, there's always a line between local, national, international. Yeah. Um, and, and, and again, anyone's choices, that are, it is finding your sovereign path. If you want to yeah. trade and barter locally, and that's how you want to live your life and, you know, tread lightly on the earth and, and, and spend all of your time in the richness of your local community, that's beautiful. But, you know, people like myself and others, I want to try, I want to see other cultures. I want to, I want to live in different parts of the world. I want to see and experience the richness that the whole world has to offer, mm. which requires me therefore to, to make different decisions about, you know, how I use my finances and the tools that I use to enable those decisions. But we, but, but if we really want to live a sovereign path and we really want to live a free life, it's, it's, it's giving that freedom to everyone to make their own decisions yeah. and providing people with the information they need to make those decisions or, 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 you know, giving the tools for people to find the information for themselves because, yeah. you know, we know that the social engineering conversation means that the information we receive may not be <laughs> from legit, <laughs> legitimate yeah. sources. So it's, it's, it comes back to our own discernment and finding what's really true to us. And, you know, we, we do change as well. I, you know, in 10 years time, we could be talking again. And I could say, like, actually, I'm living off the land. I've gone I fully think, local. You know, it's... I think that's it, Dan. Values shift. And yeah. that's why I don't get attached to, to my future. I know I'm going to be a different person. And, and and I think by by not having that perfectionist of that's not, a, you know, there isn't a panacea. And therefore, that's just better. But I'm always getting more data points by experiencing it. Yes. And, 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 and you said, like, making mistakes we, we you know rather say we can't go that's not perfect we're going to learn by doing you know so the process isn't it we we've, we've had that all our lives we've got to amazing places through making mistakes so it's like the way the, there isn't a rival the way is through it's always through you know it's not getting there or going around and, and there's no avoiding that so you know I, I think settling to where we are and going on the journey you know is I always could say it come I say it it soothes me because it is just tangible. We've got to come back to to each each little step we take and, and keep learning and keep improving. And that's where like if you keep improving, you know, that's where it's me against me. You know, I, I, I I'm not gonna necessarily be able to stop what they're doing, but I can I can improve my actions each day or, or try to at least or or catch myself and try and try and take better paths. That's what I can do. That's what you can do. That's what everybody can do. And and I think if you look at it, and I think part of the almost the human condition, the ego, is almost to shrink the time frame of these cycles into our own lives then. So, you know, if you study the cycles, it's almost like there could be huge cycles playing out. It's almost like if there is this is perhaps an awakening cycle, it's very 
people also, I want to see it all. Therefore, it's going to be in the next five, 10 years or just so well, it could be thousand. I don't know the time frames, but part of us almost wants to say, I want, I'm going to see how it all plays out. I'm just going to see this part that I'm here for, I think. I mean, and, and who knows what's going to go, but, you know, I want to be on that positive upward, upward trajectory is, yes. is it, yes. you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there's so much in that, you know. It's... And I'm going to use a crypto analogy then, just to bring it, bring it to crypto. It's like, if you get a really strong pump that goes too fast, too up, it's unsustainable. Yeah. So a nice chart is one that has pullbacks on the way, and that builds structure. What's called structure in a chart, and that you know that builds. If you have a something that's too fast, too quickly, it will come usually all the way back down. It hasn't built structure. So again, that's a kind of unsustainable way of like we'll go straight to there. Well, it's probably not going to work. And I think that's that's the kind of example. If we, you know, I do understand that taking action out of fear, I know people who've rushed into, you know, like rushed into off-grid thinking and flown somewhere they've never lived and it's not gone very well. And I'm not judging. I think that's an important process. Hmm. But the reality was it wasn't built on foundations of, of strong, of, of data and experience. And, and it was built out of a fear and a rush and feeling like I've got to, I've got to react I'm reacting rather than being reactive, rather than being proactive. I think there is a difference there. Yeah, and that fear-based decision, I've shared this story many times. You know, there's uh, I've had lots of brilliant conversations with people doing things to try and build solutions. But I and, and the food, the food movement's a, 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 an amazing movement that's really grown from this. Um, pardon the pun, but the um, I, I spoke to one set of growers and. It was very clear very quickly that they were they were they were planting seeds out of fear. You know, it was yes. they're gonna they, it was all they are gonna do this. Is they, there a word for that, Dan? Fear gardening. Fear gardening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. After yeah. it was like they're gonna do this. They're gonna cut the supply. We're not gonna have this. And it was like very ex- to the extreme, and, and like belief that they weren't wouldn't have access to any food. Yeah. And even when the supermarket shelves during the peak of COVID were like empty, like. There was always food and there was, you know, people said there's no rice. It's like, well, there is rice. It's just the expensive one. The one that's like three pound a bag instead of a pound a bag. (laughs) If you really want rice, it's available. Um, There's market forces for you. Um, But the the energy in which they were doing it, I said, said, let me just stop you for a second. I wanted to challenge you and ask you some questions because I said, what, it might seem esoteric, but if you're planting the seeds out of fear, what, what, is that ultimately mm. going to do like yeah. to you and to the plant? Yeah. Well, we know what food cooked with love tastes. Absolutely. Totally different. Yeah. 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 So I said, you know, if you can find the love and the joy of doing it uh, and, and do it for that reason, because it's the right reason. It's, mm. it's, it's the reason because you want, you want to be self-sufficient. You want yeah. to grow food to share with others. You want to enjoy the process. You want to do it out of love. It's such a difference to doing it out of fear. And, and we have to catch ourselves now because there is so many great projects that have originated out of fear. Now, yeah. that's not necessarily a bad thing because pain pushes us into action. Yeah. It got the movement. At it least, gets, yeah. yeah, pain gets you into action. And unfortunately, human psychologists, we do more to avoid pain than we do to yeah. pursue pleasure. But actually there's a journey. Like the pain can be the catalyst. Mm. But then we've got to find a compelling reason and look for a powerful and positive driving yeah. force because the world right now is in a bleak state. And, you know, Frank Freddy, Professor Frank Freddy's talked about this on my podcast, how like that during the 50s and between like the period of 1930s to 1950s, like all the movies had like happy endings. 
Yeah. Like it's just like it was this mega happy ending, which I think we talked about before, like the Wayne's World, a happy ending. They they almost made a joke yeah. about it. Um, but now, like we're in this catastrophization, you know, it's, it's bleak Armageddon apocalypse. And we've almost found ourselves as a movement in many ways, not everyone, but there's this dystopian view of how the world is going to end, like yeah. and, and how everything's going to manifest. And that becomes the story of our yeah. times and lots of thinkers now, whether it's Charles Eisenstein or Jordan Peterson and others are talking about changing the nature of our story, yeah. you know, rewriting the story of the future because the future hasn't happened yet. If we get stuck in the fear of what the future may be, then that destroys our present. Yeah. And we're often people are living in things that haven't existed or, or will never potentially never exist. You know, that, that is the prison of mind that, you know, living in a, in a scenario that, may never exist but actually you've brought it into your mind and you're almost half living it now exactly you know and that's why often you know going back into nature just looking at that and getting ground is like birds are still tweeting you know the you know the the, the grass is still growing things are happening and and again that's almost the power of the screen reality on mm -hmm. any on any side of the agenda you know this or, or, or thoughts or or opinions being so beholden by the screen agenda can pull you into worlds that absolutely don't exist yeah you know? yeah and that's it yeah i mean if you want to know all the problems in the world just go on twitter once a day like it's, <laughs> it's like it's like you don't see anything positive on there and it's obviously a function of the people we follow but again even now i remember a few years back i completely cleansed my instagram i unfollowed almost everyone and only follow positive inspirational yeah people that i that, that lift me up yeah. and okay sometimes i would catch myself like in comparisonitis thinking why am i only here in this level of yeah. <laughs> my business or health, whatever. But you know, you, you can catch yourself doing that. Um, but I, I like the way you framed it, Dan. That the, the, the absolute the urgency and and some fear is the catalyst. Mm. But then shifting that into proactive, you know, and and choices rather than just just staying in that fight or flight, you know, um, which is not good for our immune system. Anything, it's not good for our health or our well being. And you know, if I look at my crypto journey. If I was in crypto out of fear, thinking I'm, I've got no options, I'm just in this, whatever, it wouldn't go well. Yeah. I mean, you look back in your life, when you've taken decisions out of fear, it generally doesn't go well. You know, but when you when you can shift that into, you know, I want to because I'm looking at solutions. And as, as we talked about in that mindset, doors open where you didn't even know doors existed. Yes. Now, if you're in the, this is what we've got to do because we're forced to, there's no other option, then you already have closed that you know closed closed literally yeah closed off to those potential doors opening so staying open to potentiality i think is important almost even in the worst you know let's give me some the worst dystopian situation if you, you you stay open to possibility it's always there yes you don't and you don't know and you don't have to know where it, it's coming from i think that's part of like letting go of even if you can't see it i think in any time worse like you can't see a way out if you hold on to the, the things that are always shifting this too shall pass things with, you know, the possibility is always there. Yes. Yeah. And the, the hard reality is when we are constantly imagining that dy dystopian reality, we are programming our mind for it to become a reality. Yeah. We yeah. are, we are quite literally sleepwalking into its manifestation. Yeah. Well, if you're in lack, you know, that's yeah. the whole point. If you're, if you've got a lack mindset, then that's what the world delivers. That's my, and again, it, these, I think what's powerful to be able to say that now in life, if I was saying that trotting that since that twenties, I wouldn't, but I can look back and know, I can see, 
you know, these answers, I, I see that in my life. I know how it plays out and I'm sure you can as well, Dan. Definitely. And, you know, it's, to me, it comes back to the basics, you know, all the things I've learned over the, over the last decade around self-empowerment, you know, starting with the end in mind, having a vision for what you would want your life to be about and starting to imagine what, you know, putting a positive imagination, a positive vision into our subconscious. And it's fascinating, you know, Lizzie and I create kind of vision boards, the kind of things that we want to uh, create or experience, whether it's holidays or, you know, life moments. But there's a picture of this oceanfront house that I always thought was in the Californian coast. I always imagined myself living in California, but California has now like fallen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like the last place I'd want to live right now, sadly. Um, but there's a pro like walking along the coast in Bournemouth where we moved to this year, I'm like, I'm like, the house is here. The house. Well, Dan, I saw, I saw your photo from the Bournemouth beach. Was it over Easter weekend? And I, I thought, I mean, that's better than California. Yeah. I, I mean, it was absolutely stunning. And again, often, but I've often found in my experience that you get what you want. It's never exactly how you thought it yes. would be, but because, but the intention energy was strong, but it is what you wanted, but it's slightly, you know, the universe did it in a slightly different way. And yeah, it's so powerful. And yeah, it's definitely. So that's the important piece now of starting to have having a different story and a different yeah. vision for the future. It doesn't mean we ignore what's happening. It doesn't mean we no. just, you know, become like la 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 la. No, not, not happening, not happening, not happening, not no. happening. It's like, no, we see yeah. that and yeah. we, we see it as it is. Yeah. Not worse than it is, because that yeah. that's tense what will happen. We see we, we, we create a bleaker picture, we take it to the nth degree of extreme, yeah. how it yeah. could could end up. And we it's you know, in terms of risk management, it's important. You know, yeah. If you're looking at an investment thesis, of course you want to do that. What's the worst case scenario? But it's yeah. the same in any endeavor. Like what? Yeah. But you don't stay there. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's, it's 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 again. It comes back to the patterns that we've stood against. The whole COVID story was bought, born out of like the worst case. Like everything was based on the worst case scenario that was quite clearly never going to manifest. Yeah. But we're now doing it ourselves. Like, yeah. So we've got to catch ourselves and say, okay, that could happen. Yeah. But it's unlikely. Yeah. And if it did happen, this is what we would do anyway. Yeah. And yeah, and it's also, it is good to mentally rehearse the worst case scenario. I did it when I left my corporate career. So what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. And it's like, pff, move in with my parents again. Yeah. Okay. You've, all, you've already been there. There's good. I think going back to your thing about the food, you know, um, you know, the analogy of people growing out of fear, there will always be solutions and ways. We don't know necessarily what they are, but they will come and they will be there. So yeah, that's the kind of relaxing to that. Yeah. You, we'll have to pivot and navigate. So I think it's the idea, well, I want it to be, you know, the same and the solutions come Well, no, they might be meaning making changes, but they're always going to exist. There's always going to be actions to take to improve things. Um, so it's it's really strong. And I, you know, go back to, I had a similar thing with my vision board, Dan. Well, it wasn't even a vision board. I didn't realise I did it. But in hindsight, okay, I, I grew up in South London, you know, and I, I'd been on a ski holiday when I was 12 and fell in love with it. It was almost like that, something happened to me. I'm, I want to live there. That's what's happening. You know, went once just for like a magical... I felt amazing. It just lit me up. And I had some pictures of some, you know, um, off-piece skiers on my wall when I was 15, 16, living in South London, you know, nowhere near the Alps. And and at 18, I did take off on a gap year and never came back till 2020. So <laughs> 23 years, you know, and, and until I came back and, you know, through COVID and, and you know, to retouch, recontact with my family and get involved with what we're doing now. But basically what's so fascinating was, I don't know how long, much later, but five years later, I then came home to see my family and they were sorting out some old stuff in the attic. And I looked through and there were some old these pictures that had been on my, you know, childhood wall were in a box and I flicked through them. And one, you know, one of the main ones is beautiful picture of a guy skiing off piece in this area called um, Vosgeny, which I didn't know before. I knew the guy and I'd skied with him. 
he'd become a friend. He was wow. a mountain guy. Wow. He, you know, he, he was on my wall. You know, there's this, oh my God, that's amazing. It turns out that I moved to a town that was next to that one. He was a mountain guy in that town. You know, there's the power of that intention. I mean, it's in, in hindsight, incredible. And, and and I think what's important to remember is that, you know, I'm aware, I feel like we've been living under deception psyops all my life. Mm. But that didn't stop me manifesting amazing things. Yes. So just because it's ramped up in the series, our powers of manifestation or whatever word you want to use, you know, don't get attached to the words, yes, but yeah, of, course. of creating good things or or, or finding solutions and, and doing amazing stuff didn't end in 2020 because the because the control structures have ramped up. They absolutely have ramped up. But our powers haven't been ramped down. No. And I think that's what's really almost to not view life differently just because they've ramped things up. And it's almost forgetting that, We've created amazing things through, you know, years of psyops and deception and living under that anyway. So we still have that creative power. Um, and it's even more important that we we harness it for, you know, that was me harnessing my alpine dreams. Well, now let's, you know, I'm really passionate maybe in later life to harness, you know, solutions and, and more community-based stuff and helping each other. And that's that power is within us all. Of course. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, I, I do hold true as well that, yeah, our power or our potential power hasn't diminished as a result no. of this, but that potential can be short-circuited if we fall into the traps that we've just been talking about and falling into that dystopian view and becoming overwhelmed by the fear and uncertainty and doubt that's out there. It's all natural. Yeah. Again, just be with it, play with it. Just like yeah. people, people used to say to me during the height of the pandemic podcast, how do you stay so calm? How do you stay so positive? It's like practice every single yeah. day. Like every day I go through the anger, the frustration, I, you know, lesson number one, don't, don't look at Twitter first thing in the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to start your day well, just leave social media to the side. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I had daily practices that got me in a positive state of mind. And, it, it, and it's like playing mental Aikido with the bad news. It's like, yeah. you know, I deflect it, I take it in, I transmute it, and I think, how do I use this for something positive? Yeah. And, and that's always available to us because our potential power can diminish during yeah. times like this but it can also increase. We can use it as a catalyst. We have, but what we have to reach is that point of leverage. It's the point of saying, what's happening in the world is, is, is got to a point where I have to do something, mm. where I have to participate, because otherwise we can stay in that passive observation in a place of concern, frustration, and anger. Yeah. It, come, it has to come to a point of leverage where enough becomes enough. It's like if you've been in a bad relationship before and you've like, you were comfortable again. It's comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. We've got to break out of our comfort zone yeah. in order well, that, to enter to, into growth. Totally. The matrix is almost built on people being comfortably uncomfortable. Yes. Yes. Right. That it. That it's. It's. You know. They. That, you know. Even people who are not aware of genders, there is a level of discomfort, but it's. It's comfortable enough. And I think that's the great gift of, you know, this pushing people more people onto their path is it's got so uncomfortable that it's no longer comfortable uncomfortable it's it's bloody uncomfortable you know <laughs> yes, so it's yes. so it gets you it gets you off your sofa off your ass literally into doing better solutions so i say again i see it around so many people so many people have been kicked into being more empowered and you know that that has been a catalyst yes. and and it's continuing from there you know it's continuing from there and, and i do know that this taking proactive action find that path is taking much more thought and I kind of view the last three years of you, I mean, I didn't go to university because I took this gap year and never went back. But, you know, I know, I know a lot of people have that, you know, first year always almost was like a freshers year, Dan, you know, kind of running away from police in London and, you know, doing, having secret meetings, whatever. So, and as tough as it was, that was, there was an exciting kind of, 
time about it. It was meeting new people and it was incre- forming incredible bonds. Yes. And it was amazing, but it almost was like, you know, fresh as year, not much work. I mean, there was work going on in, in emergency. I'm not, I'm not belittling all the work that went in, but there was a level of kind of very present doing this. And then year two and three, it's almost like we've got coursework and we've actually got a, and that's much harder. Yes. You know, because I can say myself, a lot of people look fondly back at 2020. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, look yes. back at the kind of, because the camaraderie and that kind of spirit was so strong. And it's almost, we're, we're kicked back into being more comfortable, but we it's actually trickier because actually it's not as crazy to kind of be railing against or, or, or you know, going against what's happening. We have, to, we have to look at ourselves more and look at our quiet actions and come back. And so it is kind of like the challenge of, getting down to the work yes it you is know, and... but that that is where things start to get uncomfortable because yeah. it's yeah. it's it's you know first is making the decision you know i was using the analogy of uh, being in a relationship that no longer serves you you know you, you are you're uncomfortable but you're comfortable until you get to that point where it's enough is enough you, you then yeah. make the decision but then you're like well what happened i'll be all alone i'll be by myself again you know where will i you know that's 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 where the growth begins it's in yeah. that uncomfortable decision and I know full well from lots of conversations I've had in the last year or so, a lot of people at that point where they've made the decision that's enough, they've reached the leverage point, Yeah. but they're, they're, they're at the point of decision. They're, there's decisions to be made. You know, what, what am I going to do about the, the world that I'm experiencing? Mm. And the decisions for a lot of people aren't being made because of the scale of what they see as yeah. a problem. Overwhelm. Overwhelm. But there are the decision can be a lot simpler when it because you know to re, you know we talk about counterculture movements the counterculture counterculture emerges when enough people start to walk in a different direction to the status yeah. quo you know it's the old example if you want to you know we, we spend our entire lives trying to fit in yet we're born to stand out the easiest way to stand out is to walk away from the crowd you know because if you've got a thousand people stood together and you're the one person that walks in a different direction everyone can see you. Yeah, you know, so it's it's right now is the opportunity to walk in a different direction, and that's a much simpler decision to make. It's like I enough is enough. I'm going to play my part in whatever way I can to make a difference in the world, and it starts with how I show up in the world. It starts yeah. with how I I become a role model for my children. It yeah. starts with you know how I communicate with others, how I show up with love, how do I show compassion, how do I have accountability for my actions? You know, how do I take personal responsibility? These things are available into a, in in our moment to moment decisions. Yeah. And we have to also allow ourselves the space and the time to really reflect on what is our path from here, because we're hardwired in a way to follow a certain path, our personality type, our particular strengths. And of course, there's a nature nurture environment, but had a fascinating conversation with a fellow activist on uh, Tuesday from Canada. She'd flown over to, uh, I met her in London. There's a whole story in that, but she's really into genealogy and she's done all kinds of stuff around DNA and, you know, how, how certain elements of our path, some of our certain physical characteristics, our mental characteristics are kind of preordained. And you know, part of the finding ourselves is actually looking within ourselves to realize those patterns and yeah. say, you know what, I'm naturally, you know, I'm naturally curious. It's a strength. You know, was that trained in me? Is it nature nurture? I don't know. Yeah. But how do I harness that? And, and, and people often in situations like this are trying to like look into the, the, the bleak unknown rather than looking back inside of themselves and saying, you know what, these are my strengths. Yeah. This is what I care about. This yeah. is what's most important to me. And these are some options that are available to me. And which of these options sings, makes my heart sing the most. 
Yeah. Because that's the opportunity that's available to all of us right now. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't have to be ground overwhelming. How are we going to break, tear down the system? Because if we if we get into that mindset again, we become the victims. They become the victors. Yeah, it's 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 more about how do we build something from the ground up. You know, how do we yeah. build something new that's more exciting, more compelling, more attractive? Um, because so that we're the, so we're the drivers in our own lives. You know, and because so much of you know what the problems in society are not. You know, for, this is my experience. You know, that almost the powers be want you to believe that it's you know problems with humans but actually so much of it is, is what they've lived under and the scripts they're running because of the conditioning the social engineering if people come back to, as you know when you meet empowered people running their own scripts generally you know they're, they're living in, in in tune with natural law and doing no harm and you know and it actually is quite harmonious because as we said you don't get much conflict when you see two empowered people together yes yes you know so again that almost like the this is why i sort of a long-term thesis the way out of that trap is is not running everyone's you know doing less and less running and we're all still doing it at lots of levels less and less running of other people's or and or entities or you know or state scripts to then fill yourself back up with your innate script and find that's a journey to find for all of us dan and that's a life's work so that's why i'm kind of like not it's next year we all do you know it's it's a process we're going on there and it's if you've begun you've begun you know we all began at certain times of just coming back to ourselves and that is the hero's journey in a nutshell which you've got to go out and venture and go on these crazy journeys and get all that info and be tempted and fall off your path. And, but what's the homecoming, you know, the homecoming is the homecoming back to ourselves. Yes. You know, and, and then we can all meet each other, you know, as, as ourselves, you know, that's what, because that's what we talk about, we talk about agent Smith, the match. That's why that analogy is so important because who are the real boots on the grounds? It's the agents of the matrix running the scripts that aren't even theirs. It's far, and particularly in the West, that's why it's so, it's not overt tyranny of jackboots on the ground. I mean, there were some of them in London in yes. 2020, as we know, yes. you know, experienced them very viscerally awful. But overall, it is actually, you know, agents running scripts that aren't theirs, you know, people who've been emptied out and they run their scripts, they are policing it. So shifting that kind of level of more, less and less people running scripts is going to start permeating out and it's happening. You know, and I always say, the people who've woken up, that's never going to get less. That's only going to get more. It's not like people, as you said, people aren't going to go back. Therefore, we're in growth already. You know, it's not It's not that this is something that's going to die out in terms of, you know, freedom, movement, and, and it's only going to increase over time. Indeed. And as, as things ramp up, that brings more people. So it's this dance, and it's always a dance in the world of yings and yangs and lights and darks, and and um, we're part of that dance. And, you know, that's that's where... I'm not going to try and negate the dance. They just want the music to stop. How do we, how do we get on the dance floor and, and make it work for us? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, we've talked to the, for the majority of this conversation is about the change and the fact that change is constant and that we have the ability to alter the course of that change. But I think the constant part is also an interesting variable that's important to kind of close out on because it is a time for us to think about what do we want to preserve you know, it's it, it, what do we want to conserve? And those are those are energies, and we haven't got time to go into it now. But you know, the political division is 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 usually a function of those two energies pulling and pushing each other to conserve. You know, think about it: conservatives conserve, mm. progressives <laughs> progress. You know, we're always in our body is trying to keep us in stasis. That comfort it's trying to keep us comfortable. You know, it's 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 a survival mechanism. 
but at the same time we also have the need to grow it's it's how do we find a harmonious balance between conservation and progression mm. and it's an opportunity for us to really reflect upon what should we be conserving right now what should we be preserving but what also can we be looking to change uh, and that that to me is a is it is a is a question that we can ask ourselves on an individual level but it's yeah. a, it's a question that we can ask ourselves at a, a society or community level and even a planetary level right now yeah because those two those two core absolutely they've been like everything co-opted and actually not what they really mean at their, at their core absolutely right about looking at what to conserve what to progress but of course you know when it's top down it's kind of from there you know they're what they're progressing to is very agenda-led and what they want to conserve to is very agenda-led so in the but the core of them is absolutely right those values dan and and and, and how can we bring that into but but from a rational side of thinking and and you know free of agendas and and um and psyops you know bring it back to those two cores and and find find answers for ourselves and each other yes yeah and ultimately if you look at it you know what, we, what we're dealing with is a, is a status quo that is no longer fit for the state of the world you know it's it's no longer serving the human interest and if we're not happy with the status quo it requires change you know yeah. maintaining the status quo will only preserve what more of what yeah. we're experiencing right now so yeah you know, it is time to get uncomfortable, you know, let's get yeah. let's get uncomfortable, get outside of our comfort zones. And, you know, that requires us to uh, dance with our fear. You know, courage is not the absence of fear, it's simply the ability to navigate it. And, uh, you know, it's time to breathe deep, get present, because, you know, the ghosts of the past can haunt us as much as the, uh, the, the, the future that's yet to happen. And just bring it back to the present moment and start making decisions on how you want to live your life. Uh, how you want to show up in the world and, you know, what, what role you want to play in, in, in helping to shape tomorrow because yeah. it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> no. And grow, growing pains, you know, growing pains are, are fine to have because you know you're going in the right direction. You know, if you're in that spiral of going up, then absolutely. Then, then I had it on my healing journey, Dan. It's like I didn't mind when healing crisis come up because I knew which direction I was going in. And so they're actually they're on their way to better. So I embraced them. They were fine. If you're eating a load of crap and feeling awful, then actually that's that's double pain because you know you're just going down in that spiral. So being on that trajectory and knowing that there are, you know, healing and growing is not a linear pain-free process. You know, undoing what we've been through is not a pain-free process. It's not a panacea of just getting that directly. So, you know, letting go of that idea, it's going to be a smooth and we'll get there. But if you're going the right direction... Then, then that those growing pains are, are worth it. They're rich. They're they're part of it. Absolutely, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and it may feel hard at the time, but looking back, you know, that's where you see how you know it's, it's like you go into the gym. You know, my goodness, yeah. if you want to forge muscle, it's <laughs> you got you're going to have to go through some pain. But you know, yeah. you know, no, no pain, no gain, as they say. Yeah. But it's 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 a cliche, but it's true. You know, it's. Yeah. It's, but there's suffering in action and there's suffering in inaction and it's, yeah. it's it, well there's pain on both sides of the equation yes, though. Yes. so therefore in a sense you've got it either way you go yes do you want to go towards improvement or do you want to you know the pain that's just going the other way anyway so you know it is like a bit of a mind trick but they absolutely exist on both sides so you know there's no avoiding it regardless yeah now we started this show to help navigate this changing world around us and you know today's been a, another great philosophical conversation uh, you know, examining the role of change. And we had intended, in a way, to start looking back at some of the changes through time in the financial space. 
Um, and perhaps we'll bring that forward to another conversation because the past can teach us things about yeah. the future. It can give us uh, an understanding of the patterns that we, we, we fall into. Uh, and there's certainly plenty of evidence there, but there's also things happening in the financial world that we can start to see clues on as well. So I think we'll come to that in a future episode. Um, you know, I joked at the beginning about how, uh, you know, we'd, we'd had the comment about shilling for crypto. Um, uh, now are we shilling for change now, Dan? We're shilling, we're, sh <laughs> we're, oh, we're shilling for change now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shilling for change. Maybe that's what we're doing now. Um, but if you're watching this on the day of release, um, our next navigating the financial uh, reset workshop is happening on Wednesday, um, where we're actually going to be looking at a number of different asset classes. Um, we're going to be looking at the pros and cons of those different asset classes, looking at some of the current trends based upon where the kind of financial landscape is lying now, but also perhaps taking some of that rear view mirror, looking at mm. what have comparable times in history taught us about what happens to these asset classes yeah. during turbulent times like this, because there are, you know, comparables with the Great Depression of the 30s. And, you know, you can look at 08, this, the 70s. There's, there are many patterns within recent history that can actually inform us a lot about what, what could happen right now. Yeah. So uh, if you're interested in joining us for that one, we encourage you to go to weareelevate.org forward slash NFR. That stands for Navigating the Financial Reset. You'll find out about the program there. We meet twice a month. This, this, this call is about the wider economic picture, looking at these different asset classes. And we do have one crypto specific um, uh, session where we help uh, you to navigate that changing world. So yeah, if you'd like to join us, uh, weareelevate.org forward slash NFR. Uh, if you want to learn the basics of crypto, our original course, the Navigating Digital Assets course, which has now had well over 400 people take that course, you can go to weareelevate.org forward slash digital assets. Um, it's, a, it's a three module program where over the course of three to four hours, you'll get a really clear understanding of the good, the bad and the ugly, you know, the, not just the holistic the, picture, you know, the big picture, the big view. Uh, uh, in full. Plus, there's a, we actually uh, included a couple of extra things around the financial reset in that program as well. So you can, you can check those out. Uh, but of course, we'll be back again with you next Tuesday. Uh, let us know your feedback in the comments. If there's topics you'd like us to cover, again, let us know. Um, we're very excited to have these conversations every week and hopefully bring that big picture holistic view, asking the questions that most are unwilling to ask and, and taking the time to look at things with a fine tooth comb and examine different perspectives. 100% Dan and that's why I'm excited to get stuck into the other asset classes because you know holistic there, there's as much nonsense talked about gold and silver on on you know the internet as there is crypto you know there's always this hyperbole and, and kind of clickbait about everything so I'm really excited to because as you know there's pros and cons to everything we look at them in that light but also how they relate to you so it's multifaceted because it's like look at them as they are and also look at how they might have an interplay for where you're at personally so those discussions go far beyond this is what it, you know, it's, it's your relationship with as well, which is why, why the conversation is always much bigger and much more interesting when you get into it at that level. So I'm, yeah, I'm really excited to dive in on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really important point, Sam. You know, I remember reading Tim Ferriss's the four hour work week several years ago, and he has this exercise in there called the dream line. And you essentially write out your financial goals. And, you know, if you want to invest in property or you want to go on a specific holiday and you actually calculate what's required to achieve that goal and, start to break it down monthly, all of a sudden you see like, okay, it might require a step change, but it's often much closer than we think. Um, so we can get overwhelmed by all the different asset classes, but actually it starts with what, 
do you want? You know, what's, yeah. what's what the... your needs, what your goals, what yes. your, what's your hows and whys? Because it's all that. Like, that's a great thing. But does it is it in tune with your goals? Yes. And that's the beauty of personalizing everything and, and looking at everybody as a sovereign individual in their own unique situation. You know? Yeah. Yes. And that, that then yeah, for most people, once they see that, it really simplifies the choices because, yeah. you know, there is exciting. I get excited learning about all the different asset classes, but it doesn't mean I'm going to pursue them. You right. know, it's just it's having the awareness and knowing what my options are. You know, yes, yeah. that's 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 where things get it. And you can create space by looking at something and then um, understanding that's not in tune with your particular goals or your mode of living or because you want to travel a lot and that's too tangible. So. That's what's exciting that by, by getting more data points, you can actually create more space. So it can seem like you're taking on more info, but actually you're taking on more info to actually create more space afterwards. You know, it is that kind of, there is, there is an aspect. It's not about being overwhelmed. It's about going towards it to then, you know, free yourself from the overwhelm and uh, get clearer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've got so many stories from starting my business where, you know, I explored all these different business models back, you know, 10 years ago now. And, by exploring those different models, I found the, the ones that suited me and I found the ones that yeah. certainly didn't suit me. And it's the same yeah. in sport. And, you know, I'll close by saying that, you know, I used to have, uh, I was an early riser as a kid and I'd watch Channel 4 and there was always uh, American sports on their basketball, uh, the NFL, the NBA, NHL as well. And I had, uh, I was a big fan of Orlando Magic. I don't know why, maybe the... Yeah. And I had these basketball players on my wall and I've always been looking for the sport that I'm naturally good at. And I'm six foot one. I'm pretty lean. I've never really tried basketball. So maybe it's a maybe that's my hidden sport. But it comes back to, you know, we've got to try. We've got to, we've got to explore. We've got to, yeah. we've got to, we've got to know what's out there. Yeah. And we've got to stay curious. And that's, you yeah. know, whether it's finding the sport that you enjoy the most or naturally good at. Uh, or it's finding a financial path that's right for you. It's it's, yeah. it's, it's about understanding the options. And, and there's amount of times I've looked back and wished that I had greater understanding sooner on certain yeah. things at earlier points in my life. Yeah. I can't change the past, but, but now I can, I can, I can venture boldly and look, look in any endeavor, whether it's uh, health fit, finance or uh, any other aspect of my life, relationships, you know, friendships, community, and look at, you know, what are the options available to me right now that can help me yeah. on my path? Yeah. And the clearer you've got, I've experienced myself, Dan, the, the clearer I've got, the more noise I've been able to just discard. Yes. You know, because it's all that throws. So, so by going towards it, and getting more educated, actually being able to clear out so much stuff, you know, that you think, hang on, do I need to think about that? I know I don't. So, so yeah, that's, that's, but that's the, that's the reward for going towards something rather than leaving it as a kind of just stressful, intangible thing that's either kind of feel like you're chasing you or it's up there, you know, somewhere and you've got to get on top of it, go towards it, make that effort. And actually it will, it will create some more space. I, 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 I can completely feel that, you know, the, yeah. it, it, there is almost a period of noise and confusion that follows the simplicity. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, again, it's the duality of life, but you know, it's moving towards it. The noise often yeah. comes from not moving. It's, it's yeah. the static exploration, yeah. whereas actually that, that, that action orientated getting out of your comfort zone, that's where all the progress yeah. is made. And that's the gift that's available to us during this time. This is the, this is the greatest growth opportunity in every possible yeah. way, uh, financially included, um, of, of our lifetimes potentially. So, uh, we've talked about what's happening on the workshop. If you'd like to join us, we are elevate.org forward slash NFR. And of course hit the subscribe button and please do share this episode if you've enjoyed it. Uh, it's a brand new show. This is episode six and we'll be back again next Tuesday of our latest episode. Thanks again for listening or watching. Uh, we're available at this moment in time on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, all the major audio platforms. Rumble and Odyssey will be available in the next week. Uh, so please uh, subscribe on your favorite platform and 
Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you again very soon.